Production made possible in part by MedPlus Advantage. You're listening to Radio Rounds, a talk show created and hosted by medical students, where today's stories are told by tomorrow's doctors. Coming up on today's episode, what is the medical home? The initiatives, uh, particularly about the medical home, are really a paradigm shift. So I'm, I'm essentially documenting their problem, trying to diagnose it, treat it, help them, and then I submit a bill and get paid with a diagnosis code. This is the problem, uh, and if my documentation proves that was the problem, an insurance company or Medicare will pay me for it. That's probably a dumb way to do business. More on how medicine has to go beyond the short clinic visit and address true well-being in our communities, right now on Radio Rounds. Welcome back to Radio Rounds. I'm your host, Imran Ali. This week, we hear from Dr. Stuart Mushlin, a practicing internist and primary care physician at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts, where he serves as an assistant professor at Harvard Medical School. He's also the author of the book, Decision-Making in Medicine, an Algorithmic Approach. Today, Radio Rounds host and Boston Medical Center internal medicine resident, Lakshman Swamy, asked Dr. Mushlin about the patient-centered medical home and the future of American primary care. Especially important today is uh, the future of primary care. As someone who is so involved with primary care, could you tell us a little bit about your views about that field? It's a subject near and dear to my heart. So I would say a couple of things. One, people have often said that uh, making doctors do something is like herding a bunch of stray cats, and I do, I do believe that. Two, the initiatives, uh, particularly about the medical home, are really a paradigm shift. And as often happens in people who try and lead a change, they often themselves, unless they're extraordinarily capable, don't affect the change. But they lay the groundwork for the people after them to affect the change. The state of Massachusetts, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, is, is very much in the forefront of, of medical care. Uh, Judy Ann Bigby, who's the Commissioner of Health, who was a colleague of mine here in primary care, is very attuned to this. The governor, Deval Patrick, and and the former governor, though he'd probably hide about this, uh, Governor Romney, uh, was also very engaged in in kind of medical reform for, for the better. And so Massachusetts is a place where experimentation occurs, and experimentation is going to occur here. Three. What is the medical home? It is a paradigm shift and a change in concept where a doctor would not be paid for your episode of an illness. Currently, I see patients, uh, I'll see, oh, you know, in a morning I might see 8 to 12 patients. And every one of them will have some chief complaint. Hypertension, I feel unwell, I feel fatigued, I have chronic headaches. So I'm, I'm essentially documenting their problem, trying to diagnose it, treat it, help them, and then I submit a bill and get paid with a diagnosis code. This is the problem, and if my documentation proves that was the problem, an insurance company or Medicare will pay me for it. That's probably a dumb way to do business. 
because it incentivizes the doctor in an inappropriate way. It says the, the sicker your patients are, the more money you'll make, if you think about it. If I make them sick or, or allow them to be sick, I get paid. I get paid nothing for their well-being. I get paid nothing, essentially, for counseling them to lose 30 pounds and get rid of their diabetes. I get paid nothing to know what's going on in their home where there may be disincentives for them to maintain healthy lifestyles. And indeed, the the disincentive to the doctor under the current system is the more time you take investigating these other matters that don't get compensated or reimbursed, the, the, the less well-off you, the doctor, is. So there is a fundamental conflict, you might even say a disconnect, between the good health of your patients and, and the doctor's remuneration. So the medical home is an effort uh, to, to reverse this. Like, like all new concepts, and this is not a brand new concept, but a fairly new concept, there is going to be some discontinuities and there's going to be some unintended consequences. But basically, the concept is, is that the doctor will reach out to populations, not the individual patient, but many of his patients or her patients, and make sure they're well and do their best. The physician and the physician extenders in the office will do their best to keep the patients well. And essentially, at the end of the day, when, when data is generated on the health and well-being of the, that physician's panel or population, the doctor will be incentivized to keep them well. There might be a bonus payment if, they, if your patient with congestive heart failure stays out of the hospital, whereas now I make money if I admit the patient to hospital. Uh, there would be a bonus payment, and I'm, I'm making this up, but it, uh, give me the poetic license, if my diabetics show better outcomes. Now, to do population management usually requires a very robust computer computer medical record where you can tag everybody's diagnosis and you can correlate say laboratory testing or or their weight or their blood pressure to the diagnosis and massage that data over over years and the truth is you need to look at your data over years to show that you're really helping people and and I won't go into the statistical details, but, you know, there's a lot of random white noise uh, in patient care that may or may not be statistically meaningful, and only time and large populations will let you prove this. So uh, that's another concept, which is that to do a medical home successfully, the doctor has to change their way of thinking, and uh, insurers or third-party payers have to change their way of compensation. Patients have to buy in and realize that they're going to be dealing with the doctor trying to keep them well in in a multitude of ways. Group sessions with a nutritionist in the doctor's office. The doctor reaching out either through personal house calls or sending out a healthcare worker from the office to make sure they understand their medications, to make sure they're taking their medications, to make sure that there's no barrier, be it financial or intellectual, uh, to to getting the medications, to make sure that, that the patient's literate and can understand the directions that they were given. All these things, which are barriers to good care, the medical home will attempt to address, and essentially part of it is bringing the office to the patient. 
And that's another paradigm that, if you think about it, doesn't have to be, meaning that the, do- that the patient must come to the doctor. It's not at all uncommon that I'll see a very disabled patient. I saw one yesterday who I actually hadn't seen in about four months because she's been repeatedly hospitalized at a, at a hospital in the suburbs where she lives, and they've taken very good care of her. But as she said to me, they don't know me, and it's true. They don't know her situation for the last 20 years. She lives with her sister, who's now demented. She, she and her sister were very close to a brother that they lived with. Uh, I know all these family dynamics. I know who's the alpha sibling in the relationship. I know their intellectual capabilities. All these things would be hard for their caregivers, for their for, for this gal's many acute recent problems in a in a community hospital to divine. An extraordinary hospitalist working in that hospital who took a lot of time could figure a lot of this stuff out, but it would be very hard, whereas I know it just over years of cumulative time. So I thought when I saw her and she came in and she came in in a wheelchair, as she she often has to do, she has a little Parkinson's disease and some heart failure, I thought if my office were already in a medical home, I would have made arrangements for her to be seen in her home, if not by me, but by one of our my colleagues in the office, be they a nurse practitioner or a medical assistant or even or even just a, a, a recent college graduate who's plugged into making sure folks are well, just to make sure that her questions are answered, that she knows to come to our hospital if she gets sick and it's not a dire emergency where she's medically very unstable. And all these things, I, I was just thinking a medical home would be a much better situation for this 90-year-old. So the American College of Physicians endorses it, the medical home concept. The American Academy of Family Practice endorses it. I think it will come. I think there will be problems with it. I think as in any uh, financial pot of gold, there will be people who will game the system. But I think ultimately it just makes good sense that the incentives of the patient's well-being and the doctor's financial health are now finally aligned. What are some of the problems I see? If the compensation is too low, the temptation will be to have a very, very large panel. And unless you're a very good manager, and most physicians are not good managers, they're trained to be doctors, and uh, they don't have MBAs or they don't understand kind of a lot of the things that, uh, say, the people at United Parcel Service who know exactly how long it should take to deliver a package along a certain route in a, in a snowstorm. Uh, you know, doctors just don't have that expertise. If you get a very large panel and you've got a large IT system supporting you and a lot of patients and many of them out there are unwell, it could be a very daunting prospect to manage it properly. And, and to do a good job. And so uh, I suspect that doctors will come to that conclusion a little slowly. And so they may uh, have financial disturbance until they figure out how to do it properly. Uh, and they may have to actually hire quite a few people in addition to the obvious IT people uh, to support them to make this work. But once the paradigm shift has truly occurred, 
I, I think the whole system makes sense. Another thing that I see, just taking it to the extreme, is that you'll have uh, physician extenders, for want of a better term, nurse practitioners, medical assistants, psychiatric social workers, nutritionists, just foot soldiers who will go into people's homes and or crunch the data and or look at data to present to the, say, the physician manager. I could see that the only people that the doctor will end up seeing in their panel of, say, for arbitrariness sake, 2,500 people are the sickest of the sick or the, or the real crazies who will not be able to be managed by a physician extender. If you're really a borderline personality and you're just an impossible, impossible person, you'll manage to reject the nurse practitioner or you'll manage to manipulate the nurse practitioner so that the nurse practitioner will just throw up their hands or be too frustrated and that person will end up with the doctor. And assuming they want to stay with the doctor, the doctor's going to end up accruing a lot of these people. Or every physician, and certainly myself, has patients who are held together, as I like to say, with duct tape and chicken wire. You know, there but for fortune on a given day, they could be very unwell and and very sick. And uh, if a week goes by where they're relatively healthy, that's a, a great triumph. So uh, these people require a lot of expertise, not just insight into their condition and their home situation, but just a lot of expertise and a lot of comprehension of their multiple medical regimens and their complicated pathophysiology to keep them well. And so the doctor is going to end up seeing those folks because they may well exceed the expertise of uh, the physician extenders in the office. So to, to get to the point, it could be that a doctor's life in a large medical home with a lot of, lot of patients could be a miserable life. There's no sin in me seeing a nice, healthy young person. They're fun. They're not very ill. You can counsel them. You can do something very legitimate for them, but they don't require tremendous amount of gray matter to, uh, uh, to experience in the interview. If I had a complete diet and a, and a uh, without any exception diet of very difficult patients personality-wise or very complex patients one after another for 8 to 10 hours a day, it would get pretty grim. A lot of the fun of medicine is seeing a diverse array of people. I, I don't look until uh, when I come in early in the morning who I'm going to see that morning. And of course, it changes because I see emergencies every session I work. But I like a, a nice mix. I like the fact that I'll see a 90-year-old followed by a 30-year-old, followed by a 50-year-old, followed by a homeless person, followed by an artist. Uh, that democratic aspect of uh, medical care is extremely rewarding and a lot of fun. And if that panoply of different patients were restricted to just a few types, it would be less interesting. So I, I foresee, if you take it to the extreme, that that could, become, uh, that could become a problem in terms of physician burnout. That was Dr. Stuart Mushlin, internist and primary care physician at the Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts. For more from Dr. Mushlin, stay tuned to Radio Rounds. We'll be featuring a more in-depth interview about Dr. Mushlin and his work and the program in the near future. 
In the meantime, remember that you can download podcasts of all past episodes. Just search the iTunes store for Radio Rounds or visit www.radiorounds.org. You can also contact our team via email, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. All that information is at radiorounds.org. Production made possible in part by MedPlus Advantage, providing group disability and life insurance to students and residents through participating educational institutions. Visit us at medplusadvantage.com. Radio Routes is also proudly partnered with the Student Doctor Network, online at studentdoctor.net. Find answers to your questions about medical school or residency programs. Ask questions in our online forums and get answers quickly. It's fast, easy, and available now at studentdoctor.net. Of course, please remember that the views and opinions expressed on Radio Rounds are not representative of the views and opinions of the partners of Radio Rounds or of the Wright State University Bootshoft School of Medicine. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode, everyone. It's great to be back, and we hope that you'll have a fantastic week. For the entire staff here at Radio Rounds, I'm Imran Ali, and one day I'll be your doctor.